greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a great day God has given to us so we can gather together and read His Word. Time and again we have different voices. We hear different voices all around us. Prophets, pastors, elders, uh, whoever, apostles, uh, whoever is there is saying something. But whose voice matters? Whose voice matters? But someone today talks about whose voice matters. We see an incident of someone who didn't respect God's voice, but listened to a false prophet voice. May God bless you as you listen or watch this message and may it change you more and more to want to listen and to adhere to the voice of the Lord God Almighty. God bless you as you watch. We are going to read the Word of God. The title of the message today is Whose Voice Matters? Whose Voice Matters? It's just quite a long text we're going to read, but uh, we won't read the whole uh, uh, text. We will just read the first book of Kings, chapter 13. We'll start from verse 6. Then the king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will, I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I will not go with you, nor would I eat bread and drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the same way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Now, there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons, whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told the father what he had said to the king. The father asked them, which way did he go? And his son showed him which road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his son, settle the donkey for me. And when they had settled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, Come home with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of, God, of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I, am, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat and drink water. But he was lying to him. 
So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defiled the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate and drank water in the place where, the Lord, where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your blood, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back settled his donkey for him. For him, as they went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was left lying on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body lying there with the lion standing beside the body, and they went and reported it in the city where the old prophet lived. We've read, we've read quite a lot, but that's where the text is. This man of God, unfortunately, scripture doesn't tell us the names of the prophets. There's just the man of God, and there's also an old prophet. The man of God is the man of God. He had been sent by God to, to talk to the king, uh, to, to Jeroboam, and uh, tell him that he, what he was doing of worshipping other idols idols was not acceptable to God. But where we started, the king had pointed to him that he doesn't want him. And when he was pointing his finger, uh, God held up, it, it couldn't go back. So he, he requests, where we started, he requests the man of God to pray for him. And as he prayed for him, his hand was restored. Now, in the story that we are reading, we are seeing a man of God and a prophet. The man of God had, talk, had delivered the message to the king Jeroboam as the Lord had given him instructions. After praying for his hand to be restored, the man of God said, please, uh, Jeroboam said, I'm sorry, now let us just go to my house and we will have a meal and eat and you will also get a gift. Now we are going to look into the story, how does it relate to us today? So in this situation, we see a man of God. He has been sent by God to deliver a message exactly as it is. And he had an instruction on what to do after delivering message, the message. It was not to eat and drink and water in the city where he was going to deliver the message. Secondly, he was not to return the same route he came with. I want us to look at the different things that happened. The first thing that I want us to look at is why was he not supposed to eat the food? Now, if you read the Bible, you get to understand that he knew very well God had told him. What is wrong with food? We know that when you eat with someone, there is kind of an agreement. Maybe even before you eat, just to agree to get to someone's house to get something to eat, that's an agreement. So God has sent the man of God, his man, to deliver a message that was not a favorable one. So God did not want them to have an agreement with Jeroboam on whatever the practice of idols he was doing. So if you agree to go into his house, you will actually be collaborating or agreeing, adhering to the worship of idols of which God did not want. The second thing that we get is the eating of the food. Eating food with someone makes you equally yoked to them. You become one with that person if you eat together. 
The food has been prepared in one pot. It has been prepared by one person and everything is brought in onto the table for you to eat. So in other words, you become one. If we can quote the story of the children of Israel with the woman, Moabite woman in Numbers 25 verse 1, I may read verse 1 and 2. It says, whilst Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite woman who invited them to the sacrifices of their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before these gods. They bowed down before these gods. So the food made them to be together with the Moabite woman. As you eat the food, that is actually, of course, people offer food to idols. You become part of them. So God wanted his men to be completely pure and not be part of the fellowship or to be part of what Jeroboam was doing, which was worshipping idols. Now, the other thing that we learn about eating, eating involves fellowship. You are in agreement, as we said earlier, and it is also a fellowship. So embedding yourself or being part of what they are doing is against God because God says in the book of Exodus, you should worship him alone. You should not have any other gods besides him. So if you indulge in this practice of being together, you tend to be part of the people that God is, not, is saying you shouldn't part of. Be part of. If we read the book of Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter ten, verse fourteen to seventeen, we get to learn about the Holy Communion. There, I just want to express that you become part of whatever is happening. The Bible says, when we participate in the Holy Communion, we are go, we go, we we become one, and we participate in the blood and the breaking of the blood and the eating of the body of Christ. We are sharing, and it makes us one in Christ. That's verse seventeen. So. If you participate in the eating, you become with one with them. That's why as Christians, we are not supposed to eat food offered to idols. Remember in the conference in, Jer in Jerusalem, in the book of Acts chapter 15, we are not to be part of the food that is offered to idols. You may ask, why should I eat something that is offered to idols? Why should I not be part of it? It's just meat. Sure, it's just meat, as Paul says in the book of Corinthians, but it makes you part of whatever is happening. So God did not want his men to be part of it. The other thing is that this man of God refused to take the present. Now, in the East, it was common for anyone who went to see, to see the, prophet, the, the prophet, that he would go and meet the prophet. We see that in the first book of Samuel chapter 9, when uh, they were looking for donkeys. Saul and his servant, they were looking for donkeys. Why is they were looking for donkeys and then someone said there is a prophet? The question that he asked was that we don't have, or his concern was we don't have anything to give to the men of God. It was common that they would bring something. We also read in First Kings chapter 5, verse 15 of Naaman and, and all his attendants went back to the men of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. This was after the, the man of God have told Elijah told him to go to the, the river to watch seven to wash seven times. So it was a common thing that a prophet would be given a, a present. But this man of God did not accept. God had said to him he should not eat 
But he, should, he hadn't said you should not accept a present. But this man no, knew that he should, was not supposed to take anything as part of a gift from the people who were defiling or against God's ways of doing things. Because a present goes beyond what you understand. A present, if someone gives you a present, it becomes part of you and you, be, you, you are together. Assuming someone gives you a, a portrait and you put it on your wall, every time you see that prophet, you remember that person and you are one. Whenever he or she comes into your house and sees that, pro, that, that, uh, that portrait, wow, I'm still here. Uh, he still admires and uh, appreciates what I gave him to him, what I gave to him. So in other words, you become one with the person. God did not want the prophet to be one with the person. The other thing that he said, you should not return on the same route. Now, what is wrong with going back on the same route? If we can just quote this, it has to do with repentance. If we can define repentance, repentance is turning from what you were doing if you are facing this direction, you turn to the other direction. That is repentance. So God was practically elaborating or practically uh, showing what repentance means. As this man of God will come on this route, he will go back on another, on another route. You were not supposed to do this thing. Now, the story comes to the, the, the false prophet. That's where I want to dwell. The sermon for today zeroes on the prophet who came and met this man. So we understand now the man of God, the prophet who was genuine, sent by God, now went back to his place, Judah. As he went, he used the other route. And somewhere along the way, he got to sit down and relax. This prophet of God, the old prophet, that's what the Bible said, after hearing of what had happened through his sons, he decided it is time for me to follow this man. Why was the reason, why did he have to bother about following the man? There were many reasons. One of the reasons is that he wanted to, get, to regain the honor because he's an old prophet. He's a prophet known in the place of Bethel. He's known that I'm a prophet in this place. So if another prophet comes into this place and says a message to the king, I lose my value. So he thought, probably thought, let me follow him and get him back into my house and get back my owner. Maybe he will share other things that I didn't even know. But that's what he wanted. So he decided to follow him. But we learned that he was a false prophet or he was a prophet of doom. He was a prophet who would lie. When he met this man of God, he asked him, are you not the man who came to deliver the news? And he said, yes, I am. He again, the, the true prophet of God, again said the words that God had told him, that I am not supposed to eat nor drink water. But what he did after convincing him, this prophet said, I'm also a prophet of God. That's the most difficult thing in our lives. You see, we face such situation in our lives where people will come to you. They know very well you are a Christian and they want to indulge in something that does not please God. They know very well whatever they are going to invite you to do is not acceptable by God. So for them to capture you, to get your, 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 your presence in whatever they were doing, they are going to say, we are also Christians. I think you are aware of that. They want you to, be, to think that because they are Christians, I can also do. That's where the questions of the, uh, the, the main topic of today comes in. Whose voice do you listen to or whose voice do you obey now when he said this i'm also a prophet 
his heart, I would say, became soft and said, okay, because he's a prophet and he's saying the angel of the Lord came to him, let me just follow him and go back to eat. But that was defiling God's work or God's instructions. God had told him not to eat, but because this false prophet has come and told him, no, we are also a prophet, this is what God has said to me right now. And then he agreed. The mistake by this man of God, the true prophet, was that he did not inquire of God again. As someone who had been sent by God, he was again expected to ask God, is it true, God, that what this man of God is saying I should do? He just believed, after believing that he is a Christian, and then he went. Many a times we face people who come to us and they say, I'm also a Christian. And you don't actually even inquire from the Lord in prayer or through the word of God, that God, what does your word say about this? Because that remains very important. So it is important to ask God on whatever you are to engage in. If he has sent you some, because God has sent us to do different ministries, different things, each and every one of us has been sent by God to do something. What counts is that you do it the right way. Now, we, we continue now we get into the story of them eating on the table. They were dining now. Everything has been uh, uh, done. And God didn't stop them coming back. He didn't fight them along the way or whatever. Thing. But they, we just get that they had a safe journey and they were in his house now dining, eating the food. And whilst they were eating, the Lord came and spoke to the prophet, to the false prophet now, the old prophet, let me use the term, as scripture said. And when he came, he said these words. Now, First uh, Kings 13, verse 20 to 21. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defiled the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord God gave you. You came back and ate the bread. You ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. There isn't much scripture is telling us after this word other than learning that he prepared, he settled a donkey for him and then he had to go, continue with his journey back to the place where he belonged. Along the way, a lion came, killed him, and it just stood there, a lion and a donkey. Nothing continued. It was just the prophet dead. The man of God is dead because he had listened to a false prophet. How many of us listen to prof false prophets and people who come and tell us God has said this, yet God had not said this? Have you taken time to inquire from the Lord that so and so, the, the person who comes can be a prophet, it can be a pastor, it can be an apostle, it can be an elder, it can be a sister in Christ, a brother in Christ, anybody can come. But did you inquire of the Lord? Now, one in our standards as human beings will say God was unfair because this man had believed what this man had told him. So the man of God believed what the old prophet told him. And there was nothing he had done. According to our understanding, he was ignorant. But a just God who is a God of justice could not do that because God is a God of justice. Justice means you get what you deserve. 
he had done something that was wrong. That's why people will go to hell having preached the Bible, because they will know that what they did was wrong. And justice, God's justice means you have to get what you deserve. If you sin, you deserve hell. If you do, you disobey God, you deserve to go to hell. So this man had disobeyed God and he deserved to die. And he had to die, regardless of the fact that it was a false prophet that had given him the information. So I know some of us will say, no, but this pastor was preaching the word to us and we believed his story or this false prophet was preaching to us. Whoever you regard as your leader, he's preaching to us and you are following the message. God is saying, because of his justice, you are going to go to hell. Regardless of him preaching, because of your ignorance, not actually even because of your ignorance, because you did not read the Bible and take him at his word, because the Bible is available to each and every one of us, we can read it and apply it in our lives. It still remains important that you interpret it correctly and you act on the word of God. So do not be deceived by the false words that you receive from the different people. Social media today is saying quite a lot. Everybody says what he wants. And everybody uh, aligns themselves to say, this is what the Lord said me. It might be a prophecy, it may be this. Quite a lot is available. But the question that you should ask yourself, is it from the Lord? To verify that, you verify that through prayer, and you also verify it through the word. If somebody says today, this is acceptable, yet we know very well the Bible does not accept that. We know very well that's a false prophet. For instance, some people will come around now and say homosexuality should be acceptable and accepted in church. We know very well the Bible does not allow that. In the book of Romans, it's clear that they are not allowed. It is not part, because people who indulge in that, they've defiled the name of the Lord. So we know that some of these things are clear, they are not biblically said. Even if a prophet comes today and says, this is what has changed in the word of God, go back to the word and read. If it does not align to the word, you don't have to do it. And if God through his spirit is saying to you, what is happening is, what, is not what I want, don't even do it. So we are warned today. Now, let's come to the closure in the application. Be careful of what to listen to. Be careful. Be careful. Is it from God? As we have just said, make sure you evaluate everything according to the word of God. Repentance still remains a must. If God warns you, like he had warned the, the, the King Jeroboam, what was expected was that the, pro, the men of God will use a different route. But repentance is still important today. If the word of God is preached to you and you realize that what you are doing is wrong or God is condemning what you are doing, you have to repent and use another route as you go back. Don't do the same thing that you were doing before. The other thing, God has clearly commanded us to live sinless lives, obeying and shun all evil. But false prophets have come. They will deceive us, claiming to have heard from the Lord. What we need to know is to know God's voice. Know God's voice. Now, the other thing that we need to know is that fellowship with non-Christians derails us from his purpose. God knows that. That's why he does not want to, us as Christians to have a fellowship with non-Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 says, But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy 
which is selfish person, a selfish person, an idolatra or slander. Slander is someone who scandalizes people's name, uses people's name for the gain, and a drunkard or swindler, someone who uses deception to provide to to, to sorry to deprive someone of money or possessions. Those tricks. Those people who indulge in pyramid schemes. So you should not be part of those people. You should not even talk to them. That's what the Bible says. Why? God does not want us to have fellowship with people who do not worship him. So God wants us to be exclusively his. To be exclusively his. If God sends you to do something, do it exactly as he has told you to do it. And after doing it, just end Come to it and don't add other things. If you're sent to sell to say a message to the church, just deliver the message and close. If you said you should say a prophecy, just do that. If you're sent you to do to minister in something through the word or to whatever, helping the need, just do that. Be a docus for that place and just do that. Don't be deceived by people that this has been accepted by God. Some of the offerings that come to the church, they come from people who have actually done things that are evil and we accept them in church. God is not happy with that. We have to remain pure because if we accept that money, knowing very well someone is a drug dealer or whatever they are in, the, in is something that is not acceptable by God, we become part of those people. We fellowship with them as we use their money, which is dirty. So as a church, we are warned today, let's not be deceived. The other thing that deceives us as Christians are gifts. Stop accepting every gift that comes to you because a gift, as this man of God wanted to give him, the, the, the Jeroboam wanted to give him the, the present, part of the reason was that he will soften actually the impact of the message. A gift will actually make you not to deliver a message as hard as God wants it to be. So deliver the message of God as it is and do not compromise what God has said to you. Just if I can elaborate, some entities have actually understood that. Just corporates, they know that gifts compromise standards. Mostly audit companies, risk management companies, and companies that deal with sensitive information, they don't accept uh, gifts. Like the revenue authority, they don't accept gifts. Why? Because they compromise the standards. Once someone gives you, say, $100 as a token of appreciation for the work you have done, next time the person comes or whatever the person does, you won't actually focus much on the details or whatever you do because the money has clouded you. So we are warned today that we should be careful and do what exactly the Lord has said to us. Let us know his voice and act exactly on it, not on someone's word. His word or his voice still matters, regardless of what they tell you. If you know clearly God's instruction, stick to his instruction and do it as he has said. We have come to the end of the word today. As we close, I want to pray with you that God will help you to live a life that is pleasing to God. Not like the man of God who came and was deceived by the false prophet. Stick to what God has sent you. You know exactly what God has sent you to do and what you are supposed to do. Just do that and don't be deceived. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you today for your word, for everything that you have done. Father, there is this listener, God, who is listening. You have sent him to do something. But because of false or different noises around that derail him, 
he has forgotten what you have sent him. Help him, God, to focus to what you have sent him and let him do exactly what you've sent him to do. Help us, God, as we preach your word, let us preach it as we want it to the people and let them receive your message clear as it is. As it not be part of the debt that is there on in the world and all the, 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 the evil acts that defile Christianity. Let us live a life that, that is pure before you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, we have come to the end of our program today. I believe God has ministered to you through his word. You now know that God's voice remains the important voice and the one that one has to listen to. Make sure you test every spirit, every word that you hear from outside, what people are saying, what prophets are saying, what apostles are saying. Is it from God? Because some of them are old. They actually are doing whatever they're saying to you just to keep their name, just like the old prophet in the story we read in, in the first king in the book of 1 Kings chapter 13. May God richly bless you. We hope we will meet next week or in our next program. Goodbye.